Welcome to Impressions, a podcast of non-genre-specific, impressionistic music recommendations. There's an accompanying Spotify playlist for each episode. You can find it on our website, impressionspodcast.com. You might want to listen to the songs before or after this episode, or you might want to listen along with us. We'll give you a cue. My name is Busy Hemphill. My name is Nick Forrest. Status. Wealth. Money. <laughs> I've got nothing to say about it. It's the money, honey. It makes the world go round, for better or worse. Oh, boy. I know. Has anyone ever led a conversation with like, oh, what do you do? To me, that's like an unsafe person that I need to get away from immediately. <sighs> I know, but I feel like it's just so ingrained in our I society, know. right? I know. That that's like the first thing that you ask. I always try to ask... How do you like to spend your day? It's such a better way. Yeah. I was at this party of like people I've never met before and like they were gracious enough to not have that question. But like at some point it just became weird that like none of us knew how we spent most of our days. I know because you spend so much of your time Mm -hmm. at work. Mm -hmm. God, what journeys through status and wealth are you taking us today? I was pretty shocked by how many songs that I regularly listen to in my Playlists just kind of directly deal with money and transaction and wealth and Mm. wanting or not wanting, having, not having. I don't know if that says something about me or something about music in general. Or society. I found myself with a lot of options to choose from. So my emotional arc for this week is kind of the disillusionment that you get with money, how fun it is to kind of want money and want success and like find yourself suddenly being able to afford new things. And then just realizing the reality of money and then finally trying to, I don't want to say escape it because you can't. We live in capitalism. I mean, I don't think any one of us has the ability to dismantle the system, but sort of allowing yourself to imagine a different way to live. My playlist starts in 1980. Then it goes into the 90s, and then it goes into day. I, I, my mom keeps everything mm-hmm. that I've ever made in my entire life. I recently found this like preschool scrapbook, and it's like, what is your favorite song? And in my like little child handwriting, it was uh, Madonna, Material Girl, is my favorite song. You, you are a maximalist, which I do feel like yeah. is part of the, yeah. the 80s explosion of totally. everything. So we're going back to 1980. The tail end of disco, we're starting to enter the 80s, where money takes over everything. Mm -hmm. The first time I ever really heard the song was delivered by a drag queen Mm. um, in a club. And so there was a lot of camp and a lot of irony in the song. But I think, I I don't want to speak for everybody, but like deep down inside, I think like there's a part of me that like just wants a lot of money and doesn't wants to like not be able to care about anything and wants to be glamorous but that's also a pretty dark thought this song works both ways it's called bougie bougie by gladys knight and the pips You know, in the very beginning, the instrumentation's pretty sparse, but it's giving little premonitions of what's to come, and it's kind of the premonitions of glamour, and then you mm. emerge into that chorus. It felt like this journey of somebody moving into the city and mm-hmm. all of the dreams that they have, and then when it gets into the chorus, like they feel more at home, uh-huh. just being able uh-huh. to see people choose their own life, too, and their own way of yeah. representing themselves. Yeah. 
So I have never personally experienced this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so this is only from media depictions. Yes. <laughs> I think especially when the chorus comes in, everybody wants to be bougie bougie. That did feel like a more democratized status. It felt like a Vogue ball, like Paris uh-huh. is burning yeah. or Pose. Everybody adopting and like putting on these uh, symbols of wealth and status, um, even if they're outside of the ball, Mm -hmm. life Mm -hmm. might not be the most elegant or the most high status. There's such pressure on having to be rich or having to be wealthy or having to work hard enough to gain enough capital to fucking survive. This song, like, I think because it is like a disco-y song, because the chorus is so upbeat and just celebratory, it just feels a bit liberating like it has that sense of camp and irony that I think I originally listened to the song with because it it just invites you like yeah you can be bougie too you just kind of have to like play along mm. like you don't mm-hmm. need all the money and the riches to be quote unquote bougie like it's all appearances you got it all together song I put on like the rare times I go to like Whole Foods to, like, and I just listen to it on in my headphones and like pick out the nice fish and like the nice produce yeah I love it when like the male voices I'm assuming they're the pips yes come in they're kind of delivering the negative side of the song because they're like oh you have to be thin you have to mm-hmm. work on your body they're these like cloying reminders of society that like yes everybody wants this it's fun to pretend but like there are these kind of dark forces that are kind of making you want this or striving for something that's potentially not even possible so I, I just like love doubling the pips with Gladys Knight and it's just like it's a fun back and forth mm-hmm. where like you have the reminder of society like do you like do you really want this like do you really want to be like constantly worried about how you look and how your body looks and like if you actually look wealthy so whenever we talk about the bourgeoisie i do uh-huh. end up going back to the french revolution totally. like do you want a oh, french yeah. revolution movie with this song just like it? heads rolling yeah. everywhere just like guillotine <laughs> slicing through the screen yes. like <laughs> cake being thrown into the air it would be truly amazing any thing that uses sure. the term sure. bourgeoisie or bourgeois and just throw this in it maybe just like a, i don't know 16 year old teenager reading Marx for the first yes. time and like suddenly they start voguing in their parents bedroom yes like, something like that i would watch that too yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cool. 
so this next song that I want to play is by this woman named Taeko Onuki. She's from Tokyo, mm-hmm. and she became really big in a genre called city pop, which okay. became big in Japan and Tokyo in the late 70s and into the 80s when Japan was really on the rise economically. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So a lot of the music does kind of deal with increased wealth in Japan, yeah. also emerging yeah. technology. A lot mm-hmm. of it was associated with Walkmans, etc. Mm-hmm. So I picked this song for that and then also because it's called Les Aventures de Tintin and just kind of the perpetual association of French shit with high culture oh yeah and like that somehow being the pinnacle of what we should strive for in terms of being like upper class Mm. so this is Les Aventures de Tintin by Taeko Onuki Immediately when it starts, it has this kind of utopian feel. I I sort of pictured this like futuristic world sort of rapidly developing and coming into existence. There's like those memes floating around where like this is the world if like boomers could pronounce Chipotle correctly or like there's a million variations on that. And it's like a beautiful utopian illustration. So yeah, I had this idea of like a society forming, a utopia forming, like something new forming. Mm. I think it was just a lot of newness. I love that you saw already a futuristic city in the beginning because for me, it was like sun rising over a beautiful country and it was very pastoral. And then there was a sudden drop into a fancy new city. And maybe it's the same person from the last song, but like someone who's like coming from the country, but Uh is like, I want to make my way in the city. And there's trains and there's Uh cars and neon Uh and video billboards. (laughs) It was definitely like a pastoral field, but with like scaffolding and like Mm. things sort of like rising up from the ground. I think because Mm. I played so much like SimCity 2000 Mm -hmm. when I was a kid, like (laughs) these are the visions of getting also like we get these like Janet Jackson-esque stabs and it became a little more industrial. Factories are going up. That's when I really started to do some like deep shoulder action because I played Mario when I was a child like there's mm. parts that just it sounds so much like the music and like the industrial levels of Mario like when you go down some pipes there's lots of pipes involved yeah. and like I was I was terrible at those games I love that you have so many visions of computer games from oh my god your childhood in the 90s with this song makes a lot of sense they were so new and so cool and so exciting and if you grew up in the suburbs uh, in Ohio like I did they were like a tether to the rest of the world you know in this song there's so many changes there's these like really intense bass runs and then all of these other sounds like Mm -hmm. there's so many different kind of synths happening and I feel Mm -hmm. like maybe there's two bass players like there's just there's so much Mm -hmm. in the non-reverie parts and like I did write like excess like underline 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 like I'm thinking about just like the the rapid growth and Mm -hmm. materialism Mm -hmm. and economic boom and then the fears in the United States of the economic boom happening in Japan. I don't know 
if there's like any historical accuracy okay. in what I'm about to say, but I do love knowing that the technological advance of the Walkman kind of came hand in hand with this genre of music. Yeah. Walking around a city, listening to music portably must have been really cool and really exciting the first time people were able to do that. That's true. And it seems like this was made for kind of that experience of walking through a really busy city where you're just inundated with stimulus and people yes. and like tunnels and highways and like maybe you're in some sort of complicated mall that goes underground yes. and overground and <laughs> I can imagine like the experience of being able to listen to yes. music not inside of your own home that had to have changed music. Great point. The song switches back and forth between like this more like twinkly, almost mm-hmm. like fizzy mm-hmm. sounds. Like bubbles. Yeah. Right? <laughs> They're yeah, like yeah, yeah. Boop, 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 boop. And then it goes back to like these like kind of tough industrial stabs. And mm-hmm. it was just so fun to go back and forth between like moments of reverie and peace and creation to something a little bit more intense and industrial. I felt optimistic listening to the song, but mm-hmm. like I don't know, just because it was so industrial, like something felt a little bit threatening. Like that read really makes sense with the end. It ends very abruptly. Yeah. It is an instrumental part that is more pared down than the excessive right. bass runs. It feels like a taper down and it does stop all of a sudden. Just hearing you say that, it does feel <laughs> like there's this realization of like, huh. Maybe that's not it. Maybe the robots aren't so benevolent or <laughs> maybe like maybe the factories are making something nefarious. Like mm. maybe we actually needed that stream that used to run through the middle of this field. I don't know. We're going to the 90s. You know, it was a recession. People were a little bit disillusioned. Grunge started to come into play as a reaction against um, the excesses of the 80s. I'm really generalizing from like listicles I've read in the past. (laughs) And so, yeah, money is like, I don't know. It's not as cool to flaunt your wealth anymore. This next song is by an artist who I just started listening to her for the first time, which maybe is embarrassing, but her name is uh, Nana Cherry. I came across her by reading that book I told you about, Your History by Leslie Chow, The 12 Strangest Women in Music History. She goes against this definition of like, what is good music? Like good music has in the past been defined by something kind of like rootsy and guitar based and soulsy and like has amazing lyrics. Like think of like Leonard Cohen or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but she argues that like that just excludes so much mm-hmm. music, specifically women, um, specifically queer music, music that just like maybe that you're not a great lyricist, but you're able to convey emotion in other ways. Like mm-hmm. there's this whole chapter she talks about like the importance of like the oohs and the ahs in music. Like those are just as important as like a poetic accomplished lyricist. Anyway, this song is great. I think it gets at that disillusionment that you start to have with money. Mm -hmm. The music video is an incredible 90s relic. I encourage you all to watch it. And this is called Money Love by Nena Cherry. So one of my favorite things in this song is the sampled cheers from the crowd mm-hmm. and the way that they're kind of cut up. It ends up making them sound kind of like camera shutter noises too. Oh, cool. I'm assuming at this point she's 
become fairly famous. Yeah, by 1990, she was famous. She had a hit. Like, her first hit was in 89, I think. So this is from, I believe, her second album. I wonder, and so I'm just going to map this onto a fake history of Nina Cherry. (laughs) You know, you're working really hard. Of course, you want to be discovered and you want to have a hit. Of course. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. this idea that you're on display all the time, too. Like, and yes, in order for her to continue to make money, she needs to be in display all the time. You mentioned these cheering crowds. Indulge me in a second. Yes. Like people who have survived ship <laughs> sinking, specifically the Titanic, have often said that people floating in the water screaming for their lives often sounds like a stadium of people cheering. Oh yeah. There's a lot of quotes from Titanic survivors saying like they can't they couldn't go to like ballparks. Wow. Because it would just was instantly triggering that horrific experience they had. So I love that you brought that up because there's a line like, How do we drink in a sinking ship? How do we float on a sinking boat? Mm. That's the world we're living in now. Like mm-hmm. that's just the capitalist hustle. Bailing out water as you try to like drink water at the same time. Mm. Like how the hell do we even do this? Yeah. When I look in the mirror, mm, I see a little clearer. Mm, I am what I am. And you are you too. Do you like what you see? Love this line of like, could it be we need love too? Yeah. Which is, I feel like a very 90s sentiment. It was like the the like peace, love, hippie renaissance yes. of the 90s. Or, yeah. In the yeah. early 90s too, there's this rise in kind of multiculturalism as well. Totally. Like the yeah. scratching, the, like the record cutting uh-huh. and the scratching. Uh-huh. And because there's like a heavy kind of rock guitar in there too, there there is that big mixing uh-huh. of styles that does feel so much like that multicultural melting pot hippie revival of the early 90s yeah we're like the time when multiculturalism was kind of just used as an aesthetic Mm -hmm. i think she's using it in earnest she was really groundbreaking in her first album so so i've learned from this book and combining genres and kind of resisting any one particular genre i think you really hear this in this Mm -hmm. song everything is sort of thrown at the fan in this song and a lot of her music does sound that way and that's why i really really like it because there's a lot to discover and a lot to sift through Mm. mapping this onto a fake history i'm inventing of her career She just sort of sorting out, like, what does she want to sound like? What is making money? Does she want to make money? Does she kind of just want to be everything? Yeah. It's a moment in this person's career that's just, like, experimental and deciding, like, do I want to be a superstar? Do I want to be true to myself? of looks people would like to experiment with. This next song is by Das Racist. Do you remember mm-hmm. them? Yeah, you remember Oh, yeah, I remember them. them. They went to Wesleyan. Yeah, they sure mm. did. <laughs> <laughs> but this song is called Fashion Party. And I really cool. don't think I need to give any more explanation. Let's get into it. Once I went back to Swarthmore to see Das Racist in like 2010. And oh. it was humiliating. Oh. <laughs> I felt so out of place. It's like, I can't be, I, this, is, this feels illegal. <laughs> So much is happening in the song. Like it really takes you on a journey. It does, yes. Like 
the be- there's so much posing. They're just like, ooh, ooh, <laughs> ooh, yes, hi. So like immediately in the beginning, like I had this vision of like three people standing outside of a club, like just blowing smoke directly into the camera. Oh, nice. Or, like directly into your face. <sighs> With those synths that come in, I was like, ooh, it's so seductive. Like, they they kind of build on each other, and it's almost like kind of silky. You really do feel like you get Mm -hmm. to enter into this exclusive world. Yes. even know where to start because so much happens in this song there's so many amazing jokes and lyrics but one thing that really stood out is like around two minutes you get these like moans like i think in like a a normal quote-unquote song they would be sort of like sexy vocalization (laughs) but in this song they're like it almost sounds like someone's screaming in terror or like getting stabbed to death slowly (laughs) like she's like oh like they just they're so strained and it's like wow, is there, like, someone in the basement who's, like, <laughs> being murdered at this fashion party? Like, what's going... There's a darkness. Yeah. <laughs> Not to take it too seriously, but, like, the violence behind having to appear fashionable mm. and appear rich. Mm-hmm. There's a great line. It's like, I can't tell if you want to hit me or if you want to dance. Mm. Like, that need to sort of appear, like, untouchable and mean <laughs> and just to be, like, you're cool, you mm-hmm. know? This is, like, taking the everyone wants to be bougie-bougie to, like, it's logical and hysterical extreme. Mm. This is how ridiculous and funny and empty (laughs) it can be. There are so many funny lines in there. One little stanza that I really like, I think it's Heems, and the way he raps gets really robotic. He's like, I'm at a fashion party. I'm wearing fashion (laughs) clothes. I'm wearing fashion fabrics everyone in fashion knows. And in the background, someone goes, cotton, (laughs) I think it's so funny. That's hilarious. But that roboticness like felt so much like, yes, somebody going into this party and was like, am I doing it right? I also imagine his mother checking in on him and be like, what are you doing with your life? Like, do you need more money? Like, he's like, mom, I'm at the fashion show. It's the fashion party. Like, don't you get it? I'm at a fashion party last week. I'm at a fashion party. I'm wearing fashion clothes. I'm wearing fashion fabrics. Everyone in fashion knows. I'm smoking ganja weed. But dog, what about the ganja weed? Yo, the Pope wear Prada, the devil wear Prada. I can't be bothered. I'm trying to chairlift the performer oh, yeah, so her. her rapping at the end it felt like kind of a an out of touch 90s perfume commercial yes. like yes we are on the beach this is what i smell like yeah. destiny is my desire <laughs> like yes exactly <laughs> meaningless phrases <laughs> Yeah. It sounds like they're referencing like the breakdown in Madonna's Vogue song. They're just listing like fabric names and like colors and like distilling it down to what it's really all about, which is just like posing and... These are some colors, colors, colors. Yes. Like, look at my accru. Isn't it nice? Like, and then they say like, shut the Dior, which made me chuckle. (laughs) I'm going to start saying that regularly. Your 
Bahamas and crabs. Mulberry, periwinkle, beige, crew. Eggplant, mustard, midnight blue. Tada laced with leather trim. Musky sport cologne for hair. So this song is from a couple of years ago. It really reminds me of like an 80s throwback. It has the same kind of twinkly sounds from Material Girl, which as I mentioned was my first love in music. Mm-hmm. This is called Diamonds Cutting Diamonds. And I, I picked the song because it uh, kind of offers an escape from all of this. And it's by Lydia Ainsworth. Impressions. I like the line, draw a door as if you can just decide Mm, this is something mm. that you don't want to do. So I was thinking about who she's singing to. That person has status. Like she refers to that person as a bird of prey. So this is not Uh a victim. This is somebody (laughs) who has been perhaps at the top of the food chain or or of their food chain. Mm -hmm. Fly away, Mm -hmm. draw a door, kick it down. Like you have the power to get out of here. But Mm -hmm. it made me a little sad because I was like, yes, that bird of prey has the power to get out of here. But like, I don't know if anybody else does. Like, I'm not sure if the little swallow can escape too. Yeah. It's like the choice to opt out of the system in and of itself becomes a luxury and an aspirational object of desire. Yes. It's like when people are like, I quit my job and I'm traveling the world. And I was like, yes, because you worked in tech for 10 years. So you amassed a large, (laughs) substantial amount of wealth. (laughs) So then you could travel the world backpacking. I never have to see a fucking tech bro be like, oh yeah, I just, I bought a cabin in Maine and just like, I'm not into making money anymore. And I just like, Mm -hmm. I'm so sick of that narrative. This song gets at that the privilege of opting out. It, it gets at that mm-hmm. intense desire to opt out. I myself have that intense Definitely. desire to, oh, if I could too. fucking draw a door and just exit it, trust me, kick it, and down. Kick it down, I would. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't, but like the desire is real. <laughs> like the bird of prey is someone who has reached that pinnacle. They can sort of gracefully exit the society if they so choose. Fly away. Sweet bird of prey. The key, come what may Double dare the old world away It's so 80s. It's so like aggressively synth based. It's so like sparkly and fizzly. This song to me exists in like a world made of diamonds, like Mm. diamonds cutting diamonds. I don't really know what that's referring to, but in my mind, it's like the elite cutting the elite, Mm -hmm. like the elite just talking to one another and just like high class banter at some like party of diamonds. I don't know what I'm going with that. but <laughs> Now I'm imagining a bunch of like little diamonds at a fancy party. <laughs> like, Just floating little, in space. <laughs> cartoon. Like they don't have heads, but they're like that kind of faceted diamond, but they have arms and yeah. legs and they're, you know, right, drinking little right. cocktails at this party. Um, so well, the cute. diamonds cutting diamonds. It's a world only for the diamonds. Like on the Mohs hardness scale, they're like nines mm, or something. Mm-hmm. So there's like these super, super mm. difficult to destroy entities because of their crystal structure because of the power structure that they exist in go for it um, they are it. like incredibly <laughs> difficult to just like the elite <laughs> to destroy yeah and only another dot di- like the idea i think is like another diamond like you know diamonds can yeah. cut glass all yeah. of this stuff so like 
another diamond can cut a diamond, but it's very difficult for anything else to actually cut diamonds. Interesting. Maybe it's also about like shaping the diamonds, yeah, yeah, like yeah. continuing to shape them in the way that you want them. Ooh, yeah. I'm getting the metaphor. I want to clarify, I'm not some like weird libertarian Trumpster being like, oh, the elite. We're not talking about the liberal elite. We're talking about the entire the, like, elite. Yes, though, people right? who like have like own the top whatever. Like, who have you more know. wealth than the entire middle class combined. Yes, yeah, those yeah, people. Yeah. So like this, it's kind of bleak. Imagine like, wow, only like only the top of the top, only the elite can cut down each other. Like, what about everyone else combined together? Like, or maybe it's just like in achieving diamond status. <laughs> Welcome to Hertz. Yes. You've achieved diamond status. We're going to go ahead and upgrade you to a sedan. But like within that, within the structure of like actually reaching diamond status, like built within that is like this unsustainable world that just will eventually crumble. Mm-hmm. Like, so it, in a way it's like the creation of diamonds can only eventually destroy mm. them. Mm, okay. <laughs> There's echoes of the 70s, I guess. These songs really seem to exist in this imagined past. This yeah. last song, I like this song. It's fun. It talks about money and inequalities around money and bootstrapping mm. and ideas of success. So the song is called Four American Dollars by U.S. Girls. Impression. It's so sunny. Mm -hmm. It's so laid back. Mm -hmm. I feel like we pick a lot of songs like this, but like if you just sort of tune out the lyrics, like this is like a song to just like drink a beer on your back porch and like bask in the sun and just enjoy life. Very sunny. If that's all you want this song to be for you, it's a perfectly beautiful song for that. Definitely, totally an easy 70s groove in the beginning. Yes, drinking a beer. Maybe you're in your car going for a ride. It's a sunny day. Mm -hmm. And it just gives the sense that like life should, in quotes, be easy. I guess all of the songs that I've picked in my mind are somebody like coming from the country, going to the big city, like trying to make it. That's kind totally. of the narrative yeah. that I'm mapping on to at least three of the songs that we've played today. I saw this song kind of initially set over someone pounding the pavement in LA. I think because it's such a sunny song, I'm just imagining oh, the golden yeah. light. They're totally. like in Hollywood, like walking down sunset, trying to like get a mm-hmm. record deal mm-hmm. or literally just surviving. Like maybe it's just like, can I get a job? And you're just like, dropping resumes off at every place like Mm -hmm. oh are you hiring there's a great line she repeats a few times like how can you pull up your bootstraps if you don't even have yeah gotta have boots if you want to lift those bootstraps Oof, that's the line being white in america and having grandparents who came to america we i grew up with this story of like oh yeah we moved to the u.s with nothing Mm -hmm. we only had like five dollars and it's a sort of cherished family narrative but like i think like for a lot of white people who have grandparents or great-grandparents that immigrated from europe that's just like a way to kind of be like it's easy we did it so anybody can do it Mm -hmm. and like it's just one of those stories i hear repeated and repeated and repeated like you could do anything this is the land of opportunity like we came here with four dollars like yeah 
And this song really questions that. Like, what can you do with four American dollars? Literally nothing. Maybe you can buy a coffee. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) You can buy that coffee, but you can't tip your barista. I'm reminded of, like, people who treat themselves with a nice cup of coffee. And, like, then they get shat on because, like, oh, well, you complain about, like, not having enough money. Like, why would you ever buy? Like, why would you even do that? I make my coffee at home and I bought a house because of it. That's my favorite equation (laughs) is if, like, somehow you didn't have a coffee you would have a house (laughs) exactly Uh, it's not funny but it's so funny (laughs) it's just a really funny math equation too i was like i just don't know if that computes okay so if i don't drink like three hundred thousand coffees like maybe then i could afford sunny until a little before halfway through the song and then it turns minor and it feels like the optimism of that earlier pounding the pavement trying to make it just comes crashing down Mm -hmm. when the lyrics come in at the last part it's like i don't believe in nickels and dimes and dinero and rupees and yen and rubles Mm -hmm. then you start getting this mantra of like basically i don't believe in money as it builds up more and more it becomes more triumphant at the end like all of this like I don't believe in this Uh it feels like maybe this person who was pounding the pavement was able to find I don't know a group or like a new place to just kind of exist or like a group of like like like-minded people similarly disillusioned with just trying to survive in the city or anywhere yes it feels triumphant it feels collective maybe she found a cool commune house to live in or just a group of artists where they don't really care about money they just love making art together like she has found some sort of support system that does not rely on fame and notoriety and getting paid necessarily it feels liberatory like it's it almost feels like she's almost like casting a spell like i don't believe in any of these things therefore it just doesn't exist for Mm -hmm. me and at the end this commune because they don't believe in any of these sorts of money also, because they're mentioning money from all these different countries, and my mom was like, oh my god, there's no boundaries. <laughs> like, There's no yeah. nations, no borders. Uh, and a, a revamping <laughs> of the barter economy. Yes. They're like giving each other clothes, and they're like, I have this old lamp. I'll yeah. trade you for that. Maybe like this is not late capitalism. This is early post-capitalism <laughs> or something. We figured some new system yeah, out. Yeah, <laughs> but it's like not Burning Man somehow. Mm-hmm. You can do a lot for American dollars. No, you can't. I think you can get like two hamburgers at a Wendy's maybe. That's true. I bought $4 hummus today because I was really fucking hungry and I was out out about and I just needed to eat something. (laughs) A coffee, a tub of hummus. One gallon of gas in most cities these days. Oh, sure. We can get like one and a half here in New Mexico. Money, honey. Money, honey. (laughs) 
So uh, if you disagree with our capitalist critiques, I guess you could let us know. I, I, I don't think it's going to yeah. change our mind. <laughs> I'll put it this way. Like, if you disagree, like, I'm not going to engage with you. And in fact, I might block you, but you're welcome to your opinion. <laughs> Let us know how you feel at our website, yeah. impressionspodcast.com, or in our Instagram, impressions underscore the underscore podcast. If you really love money, um, let us know and then give us five stars and give us some. I also would like it if our podcast went up in status on the iTunes mm-hmm. store, whatever it's called, on Apple Podcasts. Right. So, you know, rate and review us, please. We're a five-star pod, but, like, it's easy to get that <laughs> when you have, like, two reviews, so. <laughs> <laughs> Those were our impressions. Ah. <laughs>